0: Hello there. I'm Jason Brand, a therapist in Berkeley, California, and host of the Human Nurture Podcast. In my work with couples, I practice PACT. PACT stands for a psychobiological approach to couples therapy. Over my years of training through the PACT Institute, I have been fortunate enough to learn from Dr. Hans Stahlschmidt. Hans is a longtime Berkeley therapist and a senior PACT instructor. I'm here to share an exciting resource and asked for feedback on the first of a series of interviews that I recorded with Hans. As you'll hear, Hans is a true master of the craft of psychotherapy. In addition to being able to fluently translate packed ideas about secure functioning, he's developed his own set of ideas about the therapeutic process that I am so excited to bring to a larger audience. My sense is that you'll get a great deal out of seeing the world through Hans's lens. Please share your thoughts and comments in the Google form that I emailed to you. And don't hesitate, if you'd like to, to reach out via email to jason at jasonbrand.com. And without any further ado, here is the interview with Hans. Thanks so much. Hello, Hans. Good to see you.
1: Good to see you, Jason. Wonderful to be here.
0: Where I thought it would be good to start would be just with the, the therapists themselves. How do you bring the best out of a therapist? How do you bring the best out of yourself in terms of being a therapist?
1: Uh, there's this wonderful saying that you obviously know by Vinicard. there's no such thing as a baby. Uh, it's only a mother and the baby. Yes, of because course. Because they belong together. But we could apply this to, there's no such thing as a therapist. It's only the therapist and the patient or the therapist and the couple. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the therapist doesn't really exist. We are therapists when we are engaged in the process. A mm-hmm. uh, process is very important because I think it much more correlates what we're finding out, what modern neuroscience, astrophysics tells us that really everything is a, is a process, right? When we look at our brain, it's a constant dynamic um, field that is reconstituting itself in, in different uh, pathways and in different networks. Mm -hmm. So to say this is that we're then going to one of the important issues uh, to be a therapist. It is someone who is relatively comfortable with a process. Hmm. It is somebody who can switch from content to process because if we stay with the content, we are in great dangers to become problem solvers and fixers. It's kind of being in the process and then learning while being in the process, you know, for example, to allow emerging, uh, allow the self to emerge, not to push too far and too prematurely for certain tasks. So this, uh, aspect is so much harder to teach, right? Intuition, attunement how to really do the timing right, when to intervene, when to sit back. Great. So these are the more difficult skills. And they're often just left on the sidelines because the top-down cookie-cutter templates, writing a book about a certain you know, 15 principles or whatever mm-hmm. is so much easier than doing this process. So
0: it's a process that kinda, you kind of feel it within. Does that sound like, does that match with your definition yeah. bottom-up?
1: Nothing happens in my view, uh, that has not some correlate to some material world, to the body, to cells, to organism. So, and I think everything is in the service of the survival of this organism. If we apply this right, then we have a different priority. We, so to say, then put psychology or psychotherapy on its feet. That so to say, the real grounding is in the body somatic experiencing. We know there's a whole interoceptive world that constantly feeds the brain uh, millions of data points that then are constructed, you know, to some kind of patterns that make sense that can be recognized and projected into the future. Um, the the picture I like, uh, Jason, if you know it, is that big, big, huge elephant with a little rider on top. Mm -hmm. And then seeing that the elephant is our somatic experiences is what we all, our physiology, our autonomic systems. And then the rider is the brain and the little Mm -hmm. head of the rider.
0: Talk to me a little bit about how you think about the, the, the lived experience of the psychotherapist in psychotherapy.
1: So if we agree that to a great degree our uh, human life, our mammalian life has to do with experiencing and then processing and integrating, then we couldn't really create a model that would make sense if we as a therapist would be exempt. So that means we are also uh, beings, organisms who are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so we have to develop this ability to be able to experience and to be real with ourselves, and at the same time, not to be overcome by our own experiences, by our own activation, that then would be overtaking our ability to process the issues that our couples, our patients bring to us. Okay. So, uh, that means we need to be bottom up. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to experience this to be real because nothing is more dangerous than artificial empathy. Nothing is more Hmm. dangerous when we're afraid. Um, So the importance that we in this way are real mammals, that we are real experiences. And at the same time, what we then do, we are also thinking. Mm -hmm. So this is a task that we need to do, so to say, all the time we are experiencing, And we are thinking, Mm -hmm. we're in ourselves and we're with our couple, with our patient. So this dual track is absolutely essential. And the more we do it, the more we are obviously able to do this. So this would be one aspect that you are bringing up. Then we obviously need to have the quality to sometimes digest, process horrendous stories. Uh, very difficult feelings. We see so many people with excruciatingly difficult lives that have been trauma upon trauma. Mm. And so to listen and to be able to take them in is not easy. So we need the ability to be real, to the ability to process it. And uh, that's what we, I think, like so much about the PACT approach that we uh, make use of ourselves. We don't have to hide it. We don't have to pretend we're neutral. We're experiencing it and uh, use this humanness that is expressed in this way for the therapeutic process. Yeah. So this whole aspect, I think, is very, very important that we are not trying to move away, distance ourselves, but we're actually coming close to the sorrows to the processing to the pain
0: for you my understanding is that thinking is a very being able to think and process and use uh use our theories use our skills is also you know the the writer is a very important part of the elephant um within your metaphor let's talk a little bit though about the about the writer and about the mother or the therapist with the client who is thinking, yes. who has a brain that is processing. Can you talk a little bit from that perspective?
1: I believe very much in to, in patterns. I trust patterns so much more than words mm-hmm. because we can make up all kinds of things. And as you know, we're also the most de- uh, devious uh, species on the planet. With our capacity to process reality, we have also developed an incredible uh, capacity to lie to deceive. Mm-hmm. So patterns in some most ways, when you watch them for a while, they don't lie. And then we know because when we see patterns, then we're close to our brain function. The brain is really a pattern detection and a pattern projection machine. Because that's what it, it's a huge filtering system. And so we want to use that. What patterns are available? Mm. And then we know what is happening in, let's say in a couple system. We see a certain pattern. Somebody is talking much more than the other person. One person is maybe afraid of the other person. Uh, one person constantly interrupts, one person constantly, uh, withdraws. So certain patterns that we can see and we observe them for a while, the first session, maybe in a a consequence session, then we can use them to then go into the process because then we also see this is what the partners did. From their behavior, from their experiences, and they now created these systems, these patterns that they're now applying with each other.
0: Let's bring in therapist self regulation into this. Yes, can you give us a sense of what you're thinking about, what your self regulatory conversation is when you are sitting mm-hmm. with a with a couple or an individual, um, and you're you're noticing, hey, I'm this is this is having an impact on my on my body. I'm noticing some patterns in my own body that are beginning to tell me that these are signals that I'm, I'm not, I'm having a big reaction here.
1: So you just saw me doing something when you said, let's slow down. Mm -hmm. I took a sip of water, Okay, right? That would be a simple way to, uh, put a bit of my reins into my, uh, excitement and, and passion that I could talk about this stuff for hours, Mm -hmm. um, just to a tiny bit of a, a down regulation. And now you did it too, right? So there's often this correlation between this right that I would do something and then unconsciously you would do something right we know for example the greatest example is yawning mm-hmm. that it's right. infectious yeah so the regulation uh, that we do ourselves uh, obviously is trained the first trainer are obviously our caregivers right our how how we are handled how we are touched how we are held how we are, um, accompanied in our needs, how we're shaped, how we received. So all of this, of course, is shaping our nervous system and our regulatory system. So this is where it all begins. And some of it is hardwired and some not. And so later as a therapist, we developed this more because now we have the specific task to be present, to be real, to be fully engaged and to be fully functioning as a thinking machine because we're are basically in some way i see myself sometimes just sitting back a little bit and i think i'm ruthless looking for patterns or patterns appearing and i see these patterns and i know we all have them they are not foreign to me even the craziest pattern of a couple there's probably some resemblance to what i've done in my life or seen so we see these patterns And we also know that these patterns are really um, so harmful when they are not changed. So this for me would be one way to give me
0: self-regulation. So I really like that about sort of the pattern machine and, but how does the pattern machine, how does that help you self-regulate to, to be, when you go in and think, okay, pattern machine, I'm a pattern machine, I'm watching patterns. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. How does that help you self-regulate?
1: Yeah. Um, Jason. So we, we know a lot of, a lot has talked about, right? These self-regulation, what we can do right from the body, get up or whatever, breathing. Uh, so I, I don't want to really go into this so much okay. because it's kind of known a bit more. So I want to go more towards that when we have the right, so to say, viewpoint, if we have, so to say, an realistic stance a realistic frame of therapy and a realistic stance how we see things that will actually guide us it's a bit you know the seat our position our role guides us it's about uh what is if you are in the white house the presidential role will guide you in your behavior and in your tasks. and by acknowledging seeing experiencing them A lot will happen that you are guided and regulated. So if I'm really serious, I'm in this chair, I'm here for you. I'm here for the patient. I'm here for the couple. And this process that I renew this for a millisecond in my brain and my body will actually regulate me.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: So the affirmation that I'm here, I have a role and the role of course, is bigger than my self-interest, my life. And this is not new, right? This has come from Eastern philosophy, maybe even from Western and philosophies from religions that life, uh, what really guides us and makes us meaningful, that we do something which is not just about us. Mm -hmm. And I think in therapy, at least for me, that is why it's satisfying and why I think I'm probably learning and uh, why it's fresh. Uh, I'm here, not just for myself, but really for someone else.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like
1: that. And and when this for someone else doesn't mean a loss, doesn't mean a huge strain, doesn't mean a huge burden, obviously, we get paid for it, Uh, we make our living from this. So when this is happening, when um, when this process, this dynamic is established, that I think is a huge regulator uh for me as a therapist yeah and i don't think it uh, too much talked about this
0: yeah yeah it's just it's nice what you did there i mean because i said well oh you know hans will you act out this this skit basically of you know what what it's like inside of you and a very nice i mean you 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 thought about it you got into your role which is within this podcast today what i want to do is i want to hit areas that aren't covered very much so you pivoted yeah. to this here, and in a way that made me feel like, oh, you know, you didn't hurt my feelings. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that that sounds like a great thing to do, and which which again affirms your role as the you know the person who really knows what he's talking about, and knows what he really what he where he sh- where he yeah. thinks it's important to go within this process, and that not only um, did it seem to, I mean, my guess is it regulates you in terms of because you say, oh yeah, this is this is what I'm here to do. But it also regulates me in terms of, okay, that, that sounds like a great answer and that sounds like a good place to go.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, as you know, Jason, I'm a big believer to be truthful and realistic with patients. I'm, i think if we do this, uh, it's so much easier than we try to make things up. And if you try to make too fancy interpretations, as you can lease in the traditional analytic literature and case descriptions, right? I mean, it's so much harder work. Yeah. If you're relatively simple and you use daily, uh, you know, common language, um, it's simpler. You you don't strain yourself so much. Yeah. Right? And in the process that you're just describing, right, with us here and then with patients, um, it is um, also, uh, and I want to make this relatively short, we could go off to a great tangent, mm-hmm about what we know again from, you know, cutting edge neuroscience and so forth, and that we're really, um, constructing our reality, right? Mm -hmm. So we, nobody of us has direct access. It's all going through the sensory apparatus and all of this, right? And we're creating basically models inside of the world, which we then relate to, right? And we think we're relating to the outside world, but we're really relating to the model inside. So, without going too much into this, this is also true, which was kind of a, a little bit of a shock when I tried to really uh, wrap my head around mm. it. We do this with our relationship to our body. Yeah. Well, that's where the regulatory piece comes in. So, I want to bring this in, right? So, when we do regulations, let's say with our body, we're really using our body model that we have integrated, right? Your relationship and my relationship, all our relationship with our body is mediated by this model. So in this way, when we're saying, uh, okay, calm yourself down, relax your shoulders, Mm -hmm. right, all of this, we are relating to models inside. And that's why I also think it's also so helpful to relate to this model of what we're doing here, where we are in a therapy, what is happening in a therapy room. What is the model of our relationship and how this model can ground us for this hour or two hours in our therapy room?
0: When I think about this, I think about uh, when you go to the gym and you see people looking in the mirror and they you know they're they're tensing their muscles and they're looking they're looking at themselves, and you get a sense that they're not really looking at the self that's in front of them they're getting they're yeah. looking at the self that they want to yeah. build and and i I often wonder like, how i i look at people and i do that and even when i do it myself obviously i'm i'm thinking how much how accurate is this picture that i'm actually looking yeah. at and how much of it is is aspirational how much of it is you know um based yeah. on you know my my sense of my self-worth um you know and how good i feel or bad i feel that day yeah um, so these so these are constructions and i let's ground that a little bit though i mean so if if
1: can I Yeah go ahead I think we can round it Jason when we just see this what you said so wonderfully right when we see that in a couples therapy we have two partners that are coming with these body models imaginations maybe worries error filled they're sitting with each other with their bodies their faces their expressions everything that's what we have mm-hmm. right and then we can see in some way these two people have error-filled models of each other, Mm -hmm. right? And that's where we come in, right? Because we're not inside that system and we have some concept, we have some approaches, we have some experiences, and then we can mediate this process.
0: Got it. Okay. So now let's, there's two threads that I want to make sure that we get to, and this seems like a good place to hit them. One is Alliance is how important it is the bond and then and then as we're talking about disruption i think we also need to talk about how disruptive these times are how we are living Uh in a time that is so disruptive right now and how do you you know we're going back to the self of the therapist right now how do you be a therapist when it feels like the world is uh if it's not falling apart then there's a lot of things that are just about to fall apart, or you know, we're we're sort of the dominoes are beginning to fall in a falling apart process. So how do we think about this?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely will not have a very satisfying, sufficient answer because we're all in some way, right, We're broken up by it. we we are we we don't have any easy. Ways to deal with it when this bigger world uh, comes in our lives, and of course the lives of our patient. I think the best I can do to share uh, with them, right about climate changes, about the threat, about their concerns about their children or anything like this. That I share with them that we're all in it, and and then I would also then go a bit towards. Uh, some activation, right? And not to just stay in the consulting room, but that there is a possibility to do something, right? So um, that would be a whole nother subject, how we maybe uh, through through the world changing and the climate changes, I think for me, my position has changed a bit. I become a bit more an advocate and about a challenger to do something. Um, So... The part about as you talking about how this is obviously the first order, I think, in many models and definitely also in our model, Jason, we need some kind of a, a bonding, we need some kind of a relationship, we need some kind of a preliminary trust with our couple. Um, without it, nothing can really work. We don't have leverage. We, we don't have a, um, an ability to move, we can don't have the ability to, to, challenge. So this is one of the first orders. So how do we do this? Um, I think there are behind, there are t- two components. I think we cannot do this without compassion. We don't have empathy, real empathy. I don't think things will work out very well in the long run because, um, if, if they are not received with their difficulties, with uh, you know, compassionate voice, with a face, with eyes that reflect uh, we're feeling with them for them, I don't think it will work. So this is the channel thing. The other channel thing is we need to have a model. We have to have interventions. We have to have an intellect that will be able to challenge their narrative, their construction. If we're just going with their construction, it's not going to work. We have to have a counter-construction. We have to have a different architecture for the relationship. And that has to dig in because then they can see we can challenge them. We have a different version. We have a different paradigm. Um, So that needs also, you know, obviously a certain courage on our side. It needs obviously a lot of skills, how we're bringing this in without shaming, without pathologizing.
0: Great great okay so right. we're we're now took- moving from the from this model of the of the therapist there's no therapist without a client and so we're beginning to get into this this back and forth a little bit between you know how is the therapist thinking yeah. about their role as being with this client or with this patient and i want to also in here talk about attunement about our attunement system and our ability to yeah. attune yeah um so can you, you just I mean, you know, attunement's been talked about quite a bit, and I think people probably yeah, come in with a right, with a general of kind of, you know, um, just sense of it. I mean, it's, it's uh, so, but where, where do you, are things you want to hit or talk about, uh, about attunement?
1: Again, going a little bit more from our stance of who we are as a therapist, I think we have two tasks in this way. Attunement would be, we want the self to feel secure. We want to create a a safe container, you know, Winnicott, Beyond, you know, many people have talked about this, the ability to make that space there where we meet with our couple, that this is a relatively safe space. Mm -hmm. So that is number one, we want to make them safe. On the other side, we also want to go what is difficult, what is maybe risky, what is even dangerous, what is unprocessed. So we have the safety, which is sameness, which is the frame of the room, the sessions. And we also need to go in the territory of the unknown or as beyond said, the unsaturated. I think attunement, I see it in this way as more structural and of course also dynamic, that this is a dynamic. I want to make you as a couple, you are uh, in many ways a wonderful couple. You are a couple I can see, you're two good people. You are striving, you desire so much to get out of this constant fighting, putting each other down, I can see this. And you're also a couple who has learned horrendous behavior that has now completely turned against what you so deeply wish for. And we have to look at this very closely that you are collaborating in this adventure that brings your relationship down, mm-hmm. it's something. And I can see both that. in
0: there. I can see both the, you're, you're making it comfortable for this speed to be a space where this process happens. And you're also challenging them in, a, a challenging the current construction they have within their couple. And you're saying, let's see if we can challenge this and make this something new and different, right. and that is attunement. Yeah. And in order to do this. My guess here is that you're gonna agree with me. We need to be more in process than in content of the actual what's happening yes. in the room. So let's talk about how content how how it is the the self of the therapist has to encourage a process more than getting lost in the as Dan says, money mess, sex, kids, in-laws content.
1: Yes. So um this I think this is the um one could make a case that being in a therapy session, being with a therapist, is in this regard different from any other encounter, social encounter settings that we have, that the therapist has not only the right, but I think the duty, the obligation to trespass. Mm-hmm. And trespassing is when we are putting the awareness towards the process. You would not say, you hope oh, that probably... And that's very very good friends you don't want to have a dinner conversation and then uh, somebody would interrupt you and say uh, jason i'm seeing you know you uh, kind of putting your wife down all the time so in this way we need to to go to process away from content content if we continue with content indefinitely we just become handholders, and uh, that will be it and some mm-hmm. Therapies, obviously, in the past, have been that—that that people are just handholders, and people go back and just get another, you know, um, cup of uh, affirmation of who they are, mm. without ever changing. So, this shift is really that uh, a shift towards leading. Ta- talk about content. Talk about whatever the dishes. Talk about the garbage. Talk about the kids doing all of this, and then the comment would be, "It seems that you have never come to a real agreement that works for both of you. You are just arguing with each other, but there's no
0: agreement." And how does that right? shift it from content to process? What is that? Wh- wh- what does that put? The, what is? What? What is the different result of that?
1: So then we're putting attention right away from who should do the dishes that I could involve and would say, you know, why don't you make an agreement, have a whiteboard and write down, you know, I do the dishes Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and you're there, right? So then I'm getting into it. And, and then, you know, I'm going to be dead in the water after a while as a therapist. So I'm saying now we're looking at a process, how you are dealing with your house chores, how you're dealing with each other. Are there any agreements? What are you doing with each other? Do you even, are you even listening? Do you have the capacity to listen? That's That's cool. Cool. And then we can go there. So, yeah, it's actually true. I don't feel my partner listens. No, and I don't feel it either. So what's going on? That's you right. don't have the ability to listen. You don't want to listen. What's going on? Right. Is that what you want? Uh, let me check this. Why don't you say to the partner, I really don't want to listen to you. Right. So we can test it. Or then say, okay, let's, do a crazy experiment. Um, I have a duct tape here. I'm gonna put it on one of your mouths, and then we just uh, see for two minutes. But mm-hmm. what happens when you listen, right? So, and then we go to experimental, and then we go to experimenting, and then we go to facilitating a process. Now we disrupted a pattern, and now we can maybe create a new pattern.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think here. I don't know if you remember this, but when i first started working with you many years ago i would say all this sounds so mean to me hans it sounds you know and and i and i've spent a lot of time thinking about that but but really i think the place i want to focus on for this interview is the is the process of being able to confront to being able to hold these hard conversations and what does that take inside of the individual of the therapist. Uh, Jason, as
1: you know, when we make a point, when we even teach something, I think we're a little bit more out there. I think I'm probably nicer with my couples Mm. than I am here. Mm. So let me make maybe a little provocative. I could have provocative kind of credo would say, only challenge the people that you care about.
0: Mm.
1: If you don't care about, don't do it. Why would you do it? Um, so, um kind of the brutal truth, I never believed in this is a good concept. You wanna really um, do it only for people you care about. So I care about, so that means as a therapist, even if we're challenging the underlying strain, the underlying river of compassion still has to flow. Mm -hmm. So I'm challenging you in this moment as a couple not because uh, I'm angry with you, I'm pissed with you. I think you you're violating the therapeutic alliance, whatever. I'm challenging you because this is the compassionate thing to do. What we agreed upon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then it becomes very different. Then I don't think I have to be a superhero. I don't. I don't have to be, you know, a therapeutic Schwarzenegger.
0: Yeah. Well, that that seems like a good place to leave it for today. I feel, I mean, just in terms of if we're looking at the therapist's self, this has been great because it all fits together really nicely. I feel that there's a real, um, there's a real integration of all these ideas and they all stack very, um, elegantly together. And so that's a testament to your work. It's a testament to all the thinking that you've done in terms of how to integrate this all, not only in yourself, but also in your work. And so I'm very, very appreciative of that.
1: Yeah, great. Now it's wonderful to be with you. I think what we wanted to do, Jason, come in just a little bit from a different angle, sideways, you know, coming from in from the back door and just looking at this huge construct, what we call therapy, a therapist, and all of this from just different angles. And then maybe people feel some freshness. And what I often hope that people... Really getting back excited on Monday uh, to go back to the therapy and maybe think about certain couple that they felt, "Oh my God, I want to see them," that they feel, "Oh, I want to see them." Yeah, I'm excited to see them.
0: Great. well, good dialogue today, Hans. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, it's always good to be with you, Jason.